1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back.
2: Hello there, welcome along to the Rotoviz Highlight Reel, brought to you by Draft. On the Highlight Reel each week, we feature the top articles on rotoviz.com and get an extended insight into the writer's process and findings. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. My name's is Colm Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And my guest today is going to be Heath Kruger. You can find him on Twitter at Heath K. But, uh, you know, I mentioned the articles that we talk about here on the Highlight Reel. Today, we're going to be talking more about a process rather than just an article. But we're obviously going to be talking as well about one of the lead guys here at Rotoviz Radio in terms of DFS knowledge and DFS content. And as I mentioned, that is Heath Kruger. So, Heath, uh, welcome aboard the Highlight Reel.
1: Hey, Colm. How's it going? Nice to finally meet you. I know we've talked... <laughs> many a time over email and i think slack chat as well uh but yeah nice to be on with you and ready to kind of go over the process and maybe help out all the uh all the dfs heads out there and for uh rotoviz listeners
2: yeah and it's always uh it's always fun getting to talk to some of the guys on rotoviz for the first time and luckily this season as i've done the highlight reel i've got to talk to the majority of the guys that have the content there but like yourself uh somebody i haven't talked to but i'm just so familiar with the voice from listening to the on the daily podcast where you're a huge part with rotodoc and that is of course nick griffin one of the co-owners here at rodovis so it just seems like a familiar voice it doesn't feel like i have uh, have to figure out too much
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and on the show let's not get it twisted here nick is certainly the brains behind the operation i i come along with the process i, I kind of toss in here and there you know uh things here and there to really get it going and get maybe get nick's um to explain a lot more further on some things as he's really just a complete DFS genius when it comes to NFL and really probably like one of the, I would say top two, top three players in NASCAR DFS for any of you that are interested in that. So, but yeah, it's, I I guess I have my moments from time to time, but, uh, but yeah.
2: But uh, you mentioned as well, Nick, and his, uh, his profile picture on Twitter. You know, if anyone's following him, at Rotodoc, they always might wonder, why is uh, his uh, picture a, a little football driving a car, but it's because he uh, <laughs> crushes it week in, week out at DFS? And he's obviously phenomenal at NFL DFS, but uh, I think he would probably say where he has the most success is probably at that NASCAR DFS. So when we get into talking a little bit about your process in DFS, could you give a, a general outline of the, the process that you use in crafting your, your weekly DFS lineup?
1: Yeah, certainly. So I begin the week by just kind of going real simply to um, looking at various you know things like pinnacle um, when it comes to game totals and team totals. I, I generally just open a spreadsheet and I you know take down the game totals, team totals, uh, mark home and away, and really just kind of look at it from a top-down approach. So I'll look at uh, teams with the highest team totals, um, then I'll look at the the game totals, just to kind of get an idea of where people are generally going to be looking to stack their DFS lineups. They, they typically like to go after these games to where, um, you know, you see totals in the 48, 49, even you know, sometimes above that 50-plus range. And that just to kind of gets an idea of where you should really be looking to begin your week when it comes to where do you want to make your core plays, where do you want to go for maybe some um, ownership, you know, some guys who are going to be at low ownership percentages and, and, and things of that sort. So begin with that. Um, and then I from a very kind of top-down view of I just really look at some very basic statistics to get some names down and I try to be as liberal as I can with it before I start trimming down later so I'll, I'll begin a week you know I'll look at um, all the weeks uh, all the matchups for um, a certain slate whether I you know decide to play I want to play a Thursday slate that week or I just want to play the primetime matchups on draftkings um, kind of like that and really just kind of break each matchup down like by just really like fantasy points given up. Something as basic as that. Um, like for example, like um, we have a Cleveland Browns uh, Green Bay Packers um, matchup this week that's going on, where um, you know you're really going to attack the Packers through the air. So just kind of just throw Deshaun Kaiser's Josh Gordon's name down as um, and, and Duke Johnson as well. Uh, it's really just guys I expect to succeed. As that's where the Green Bay Packers have been a uh, week against. And I kind of take it as, you know, essentially put as many names down as I possibly can that I feel are going to be valid plays for that week. And then as the week goes on, I begin kind of whittling down here and there. Um, I listen to certain podcasts, um, you know, like the DFS MVP podcast with my buddies uh, T.J. Hernandez, Chris Raybon. It's a great one to listen to. The DFS Edge podcast is another one that's great to listen to. You can listen to ours, of course, on the daily podcast. But uh, and I use Nick. If, for all the listeners out there, I'm sure you've heard from time to time. I'll, I'll. I, I, it's a perk of the job. I get to really kind of pick Nick's brain on some certain plays that you know I think are going to kind of be under-owned. And I'm really just kind of uh, wondering about myself, and I'm just hoping that really creates good content on the podcast. And then, then really, um, I use uh, that, and then kind of all of the uh, Friday content on Road in particular to really kind of drill down on the guys I'm going to cut in the ones I'm going to keep. Um, we do a, a weekly article every week sponsored by Fantasy Labs. Um, it, it's kind of like a, a DraftKings like, tournament plays type article to where we all select certain plays that we think are going to be um, a combination of low ownership and returning great value based on their salary price. And I, and I use things like that, and I, I believe there's a, there's a couple others as well. Ben Gretsch. Um, writes a fantastic article every week that I always check out um, and really just kind of begin whittling down um, until and when on Saturday that's when I begin crafting all my lineups and I, I like to use uh, Fantasy Labs' lineup generator. It's, it's a fantastic tool to really just kind of get the basis of my ownership percentages on what I'm going to, or not ownership percentages, excuse me, my personal player percentages like if I want to play a particular uh, wide receiver or running back. For example, this week I wanted to play at least forty percent to fifty percent of Giovanni Bernard. That that was a play I kind of had in my head as one that's going to be just in kind of a smash spot. Um, so I'll begin and really just kind of lay it out there. You know, generate these lineups depending on how where I want to um, allocate my ownership or my personal player percentages on, on certain players, and then I begin. Uh, fine-tuning them, just kind of going through every single lineup to ensure that it really kind of flows and it makes sense from a, a tournament standpoint. To make sure I get, you know, guys of, um, am I going to have proper diversification in this lineup to where I'm not going to have a similar lineup possibly. Um, You know, if I do happen to get a high score, I'm not going to be sharing the top spot with three or four other people, something you really don't want to do. So, so, yeah, and and it's really just kind of a weekly, you know, it's a process throughout the whole week to where I just kind of take a little bit of time here and there and really am able to better craft my thoughts and and make decisions by the the time Saturday hits um, when it's kind of just been, you know, brewing all week. Yeah, you start with a, a wide kind of net and then really whittle it down into
2: what you really want to have a high concentration of in your lineups. And you mentioned there as well the play of the week uh, that be up on rotoviz.com, something that uh, Charles Klein-Haxel puts together on a weekly basis with a lot of uh, writers up on Rotoviz. I'm glad to be part of that there as well. I've had a up-and-down year. I started it very bad, and then it uh, started to pick up quite considerably in a three or four weeks where I was up around the top three or four, but the last two weeks, let's just not talk about them. But <laughs> <laughs> of course, they are up on uh, Rotoviz. Dot com And uh, you mentioned the great DFS content that's up there. And, of course, all the podcasts can be found there as well. But you can get yourself a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL pass right now for 30% off. It is available through the NFL podcast homepage. That is rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription will give you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it helps support the pod. So that's 30% off just for listening to the podcast. And, of course, that page once more is rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Go get yourself 30% off. Give it to yourself as a, a nice Christmas present and of course there is a lots of great apps up there and a lots of great tools and information so i couldn't recommend that highly enough so as we move on we look you talked about the process of getting those lineups but is uh, is it a similar process whether it's gpp or that's grand prize pools for anyone maybe who doesn't know or else cash game lineups is it a you know is it the similar process and then you just kind of diverge maybe at a, a fork in the road where you decide these guys have a more high upside play and these guys are a more of a you know a balanced play overall
1: yeah, so I, I the, the entire process is really kind of where it arrives at on Saturday is when I begin to you know kind of craft my cash lineups and my tournament lineups, um, really just kind of based off of that same process. So, um, it, essentially, the really only thing that comes down to my cash lineup is I, I just select my top plays and the ones that I am for you know I feel are for sure going to return value or are the most likely to return value. Um, which means it, it could be low ownership plays if I'm just really particularly high on a certain guy. Yeah, I don't necessarily rule them out if I expect them to be like a sub two percent ownership play. Um, but they, they tend to be higher ownership guys. Like for example, um, you know, coming off of this week, I'm sure everyone will see Josh Gordon and kind of the week he at least has had thus far um, against Green Bay. Um, he is a guy I decided to um, really just kind of you know, risk my weekend tournaments on 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 fading him just given how many lineups I expected to have Josh Gordon in them. Um and I, I think I felt I could get a significant advantage by fading him, but in my cash lineup there's really no reason to, just given the value you were getting from a wide receiver who was seeing that many targets against a very poor Green Bay secondary. Um same thing with like a Giovanni Bernard and stuff like that. It really just comes down to pure value plays for my cash lineup just to where there's there's some additional decision making when it comes to how you're going to craft your tournament lineups but but yeah the the process really all you know leads to the same thing it's just you kind of diverge at that at final point when crafting lineups
2: yeah and it's interesting there as you mentioned as well you know certain players you mightn't want them in in uh you know your your gpp lineup but you want as a fade but you want them in the other lineup that happens very very much so on a weekly basis with me so it's uh, always interesting to hear somebody else kind of agree on that. you mentioned as well ownership projections is do ownership projections uh, maybe like you already kind of hinted on it with josh garden but does that there tend to influence your decision you know going going and fading the guy josh garden somebody who i faded this week too uh, in particular d- does the ownership percentage uh, influence that decision often with you
1: oh yeah it, it's one of the biggest factors and i think something a lot of at least people who are new to dfs tend to not really think about all that much and, and it's one they should strongly strongly consider it, it's possibly even more important than really the value ratio you're expecting to get from a player at their price um, you know for example when you had things happen in the NFL weird things happen. nothing tends to really go consistently week to week like how we expect it to go um, you know for example we have you know Kareem hunt who started out the you know the season gangbusters as to where it's um, he went eight straight weeks all of a sudden without a touchdown, and this is a team that was previously just giving him all of the touches, um, all of the goal line work, and all of a sudden he's sharing work with Kendrick West after looking like a possible MVP candidate. Um, so you have to really just kind of account for those things. like Even in smash spots to where guys like kind of why I chose to fade Josh Gordon this week, I, I, I understand that Josh Gordon is in a fantastic spot um, he's, you know, kind of, he, he's cheap. He's a value play. He's seeing all the targets against a very vulnerable secondary, but I have to account for that. And I really, you have to think of it as a sliding scale as that ownership percentage goes up and you essentially have to kind of think it as what advantage am I gaining by if Josh Gordon goes off, if he has a fantastic day and 70% of the other lineups have him um, well, you gain a small advantage over that 30% that did not play him, but really you're kind of in the same boat as the other 70% of the lineups. You got, a, you all got a great play, which is good. It's a great value return, but um, you, you don't really gain any on the field, and it doesn't rise you up the tournament, tr- you know, leaderboards. Um, as to where if you're in 30% of the lineups, to where Josh Gordon just happened to have a day where. Um, something didn't go right. Possibly he got injured. Maybe Deshaun Kaiser, his quarterback, happened to not be able to get him the ball on that basis. Or maybe weather, weather was a, going to be a concern this past weekend or expected concern. Maybe something like weather affected the game. It's And then if you're in that 30%, you are at a significant advantage over 70% of the other tournament lineups. So and that's kind of where it, it kind of comes down to.
2: Yeah, I feel very, very similar. It could have been a situation, I'm just going back to, maybe somebody like Alvin Kamara on Thursday, but obviously he wouldn't be in any of the, the bigger tournaments on the, over the weekend, or somebody like uh, Devontae Freeman a couple of weeks back, when he got that concussion very early in the game. So, these things can happen, and you mentioned as well, going against the Green Bay Secondary. Well, last week, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson went against them, and they were highly owned, and then, of course, they uh, obviously flopped in that spot so uh, that uh, it's a way to look around it and as you you kind of summed it up perfectly if you're in the 30 percent that's not on those guys and those guys don't perform you'll have a more significant advantage than the other way around and you'll just be kind of on even even spot with 60 uh, percent of the whole lineup so I have to agree with what you said there so when we're looking through the kind of entire year so far for you in DFS is there uh, any, uh, Bright, I know you had a big one in week 11. Is there any uh, other w- weeks that you had nice se- over the season? How has it all gone for you?
1: It started out a little slow, kind of like you, and in the <laughs> second half I've done a, a lot better. Um, I, I think I got really more of a grasp on um, some of the things early that I did not believe. For example, um, I did not believe the New York Jets were legitimate in any sort of way in the first five weeks only to kind of find, you know, it's, you know, how many games you have to really watch them and and see them continue to put up uh, decent performances before you just kind of fully accept the new reality. Um, And kind of the, the, you know, opposite with certain spots. You know, I probably played Kareem Hunt far too many weeks, um, even though he was in fantastic spots. And he, you know, is coming off a point to where he was just smashing every week. I had to accept the new reality that, you know, He's just not performing well, even though he is kind of in these fantastic spots. You really have to adjust your expectations relatively to the player's performance. Um, so, like th- this past week, I think I actually won the um, either I think I won it last week, but a couple weeks back I won, or no, it was last week. Excuse me. Um, to where I won the um, the contest we have every week at Rotobiz, Biz um, by playing Germ- yeah, by playing Jermaine Curse. Um, kind of with just the thought process of um, they're playing a very vulnerable week, uh, a very vulnerable chief secondary. Everyone's going to be on Robbie Anderson, and justifiably so, because Robbie Anderson had a great game. But Jermaine Curse was, at least by Fantasy Labs, was projected to be a, a sub-2% play. And when you look at you know, the target numbers and the you know, the fact that Jermaine Curse has performed at you know, various points this season to where he you know kind of performed well – why not take a play on Jermaine Curse if it just so happens that week to just be a Jermaine Curse week instead of a Robbie Anderson week? And that's, and that's, you know, kind of where you really have to go after spots like that. It's you, you find a way to which that player can perform, even though everyone's not expecting it. And then you, sl- since you're getting such a, a low ownership percentage play in, you know, across the tournament boards. Um, it's it's so much more a valuable play if they were to go off because you have a guy who puts up 25 26 points gives you great value and essentially relative to all the other lineups and they're not getting that same value so you gain a huge advantage over 98 percent of other teams in that particular tournament
2: and uh, i meant to mention this when we were talking uh, about the ownership percentages and when you talked about the play of the week and uh... You know, with that, sometimes that's one of my favorite ways because you can, I can spend. You know, Wednesday, and Thursday, picking out some of the guys I, I like in the you know for the the GPPs that week, and then you go in and you put them in and you submit them to charge and charge percent into the article, and it's always nice to go down and see certain players you might have in, and they might have you know five people have selected them out of the say fifteen that we have on the thing, then there might be only one of certain players that have been selected, and that gives a really clear indication, and I think that's very good for the listeners to check out as to who the road guys are trying to select that week, is to give a kind of broader if you multiply those uh, percentages to see how the general uh, population they're going to vote or vote go with those players and draft them rather in their... uh in their prize, prize pools that week. So I often think that's a, a very fantastic tool for the listeners to check out. Just, uh, you know, another question, I have this kind of question in a conundrum sometimes on a weekly basis is, if you select a lineup that you really like uh, out of, say, whatever the salary cap is, if it's 50,000 on DraftKings, and then you go and you might have uh, $900 remaining, how do you uh, do that? Do you tend to uh, sometimes leave quite a few dollars uh, on the
1: table, or do you try and get as much of them used up as possible? Depends on the slate. Um, like if you're playing like a, a shorter slate to where there's only two games, I'm completely fine leaving something up to that much on the board as you're really just playing uh, percentages at that point. Your ownership percentages as much more of a bigger factor than value. When it comes down to like big scale tournaments, I don't tend to leave anything more than like two to three hundred uh, on the board because you really just kind of want to. T- you should be playing a lot of tournaments as it's really going to help out with that variance. Um, you know the weekly variance um, that you're just going to have by playing a particular set of players when you're playing against an entire NFL's worth of players. Um, but yeah, it's it really just kind of depends on on the slate. I'm much more willing to leave money on the board in short slates, to where it's only a few games, and I'm I tend to leave a lot less on the board when I have like you know for example like a, a main slate I'm playing on.
2: And uh, the next question I have for you is with the DFS. A lot of people. Uh, particularly early in the you know the DFS run three, four, five years ago it was kind of viewed as a, a separate entity from traditional fantasy football. I think there's, it's the gap is more closed and people are using it as a different way to play people are playing season long leagues but then they're playing as well in DFS on a weekly basis that's certainly how I'm doing it but is there anything that you think that maybe some people who only play season long or only play dynasty leagues can maybe uh, learn from DFS players and I think as we start here in the playoffs this week uh, in fantasy football pretty much everyone's in a, a week to week kind of daily fantasy league at the moment.
1: Oh yeah, there, there's really so much you can you can learn not only just to really kind of how you think of fantasy football, but also just it's a it, even a, something as simple as setting your weekly lineups. When you're a DFS player, um when it comes down to setting your lineups for your regular season long fantasy football leagues, it, it's, it's it's a breeze. It's an absolute breeze. Uh, you don't you're not gonna be the guy who's you know asking questions on like you know who do I start between these three people to play at the Flex? Um, you, you're just gonna kind of know you're, because you're going to understand that matchups are very underrated as to how significant they are when it comes to um, a player's fantasy production. Um, a lot of dynasty players will view um, for example, we have a Julio Jones you know Julio Jones is viewed as this elite wide receiver. That is just going to smash every week because he's Julio Jones and he's utterly dominant. No, that that's not going to be the case because certain teams are going to adjust to him. Some Certain teams are going to double him. Certain teams have a lockdown corner um, that's going to really do um, be able to at least influence the offense enough to not throw in his direction as much. Um, and in, in a DFS in particular, you really kind of you, you begin to understand that thought process of, you know, just because a player is fantastic doesn't mean the opposing defense on the other side is fantastic as well. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean a, you know, that elite offensive player can't have a good day. It just the the, percent, the range of outcomes is kind of, um, it's widened. They could have a much worse day than they typically do while they can still have a very good day as well because they, they are that same elite player. And I, I think that's really kind of what um, the, the big, you know, the big... Uh, draw from, from just kind of experiencing DFS. You don't have to be like a big-time DFS player by any means, but really just begin to um, understand that matchup is very important and, and it can really even influence your waiver wire pickups too as you'll be able to see these things coming um, if you happen to need a fill-in at your flex or a fill-in because you had a running back injury or a wide receiver injury. And then really will also kind of lead you down that same road of as to why you see a lot of big-name um, players such as like a, a J.J. Zacharyson, um, why they never put any significant draft value into the quarterback position because you really just you begin to see um, you know point values and really just how significant they are into investing into a single player as versus just you know picking up guys off the waiver wire each week.
2: Yeah and I think I found that when I went to, to start playing dynasty leagues maybe eight or nine years ago that you start to dive into deeper rosters. You know who the kind of third and fourth string guys are at the wide receiver position. You know kind of the boys at the bottom of the fringe of the roster who might potentially be cut but have stayed on throughout the season. Then injuries happen. You start to know that, oh, they're going to be elevated up into the next spot on the team. and It's the same with DFS, but you mentioned the difference, and I think it's a case of you're looking at a you know a slate with say 10, t- 10 games. You've you know 20 teams and you're selecting from uh, pretty much a 20-man slate on each side if you cut the roster in half for just offense and you're trying to pick out who you're going to have then you go back to your redraft league or your season-long <laughs> league and you pretty much only have the option of do i start this guy over this guy and it just makes it so so easy uh, after that spot uh, after that scenario but i want to ask you a question i just came up with while we we're doing it and i know i've listened to a lot of podcasts this uh, season and a lot of uh, different dfs podcast too my three words that i've written down that i've noticed in dfs this year that have been uh, probably the most used words and i can i'm going to put the pressure on you now. you can only pick one to use for the rest of the show one is spot one is smash and the other is crush which do you think <laughs> is the, is the most used word in dfs this year
1: oh it's very clearly a spot for me yeah. you gotta go you gotta go because you can it's multifaceted you can go bad spot you can go good spot um well, I, I guess I do say "smash spot" a lot too, so I can't say that. Yeah, but-, <laughs> but you can, you can still yeah. get away with the "spot." Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
2: because uh, if if somebody plays bad, you can't really say they smashed or they crushed, but they can still have a bad spot. I guess you're yeah. found, you find you find a niche in the market there. I think you've uh, worked that out quite well. But if <laughs> you think somebody has a, a good spot in, in the common week of games, and it is a form of DFS, but it's in the draft format, and that is with draft, and you can check them out on playdraft.com or you can Just search for draft in the App Store, and you can join the game in minutes or play right from your computer, as I mentioned at playdraft.com Whichever way you prefer. For a limited time only, all players get a free entry into a draft and make your first deposit all you have to do is use our code rv radio play for real money for free just for entering that promo code rv radio and making that first deposit on draft it's been a lot of fun this season it's another way we talked about dynasty we talked about dfs it is a dfs format but it's just another little uh, chink in it to to move it around and have a little bit more fun on a weekly basis so check that out at playdraft.com and of course in the app store it is the draft app so so rest of season, obviously, you're going to be on, on the, the DFS podcast that we have here on RV Radio, that is on the daily with Roto-Doc. We kind of mentioned it at the start, it comes out every Thursday, but do you want to uh, mention what the listeners, if they haven't heard it yet, I don't know what they've been doing if they haven't heard it yet, but what they can expect to hear
1: for the, the rest of the season on, on, on the daily? Oh yeah, you can expect Nick to come out with just absolutely genius takes. You can expect me, you know, kind of like, a, a, as I say from time to time, it's, You know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Sometimes you can get some takes from me as well. Um, But mostly just kind of really just going back and forth and just kind of trying to dig into these things as – when we premiered on Thursday, we kind of have to do it with the the thought process of things are actually going to change on Friday, on Saturday, and even early Sunday as well. So we really just kind of begin to – it gets you in a process of just kind of picking your brain or at least get you thinking on certain matchups – um, you know kind of what to expect where we think it's going to be where all the ownership percentage is going to be where we think we can really kind of take advantage of a vulnerable market to where people are overlooking a certain guy um, yeah and just kind of it'll help you with your cash game plays we even have That's a trade's very, very close week to where <laughs> me and Nick have uh, weekly been going back and forth and doing kind of just a, a heads up draft I'm ahead on that Nick <laughs> seven six. Seven six, but I'm ahead on the week or on the, on the season, excuse me. Um, and yeah, we even kind of do a little bit of betting advice here and there as well for uh, using my bookie. So yeah, you can kind of get a little bit of everything. But yeah, if you just listen in, I, hopefully you just kind of take away from it, um, just something to really kind of get you going when you know crafting lineups of where you're thought you know where you should be yeah, on certain players resource, where, you know cash for, game lineups you are know, going to be where, where you should be player, kind of I thinking
2: like of to, stacking certain, certain games work, or you know, tournament Tuesday, lineups Wednesday and you know things of that Thursday, what. get the, that podcast I have kind of my ideas kind of starting to mold into shape but there's sometimes then you'll switch me on to an idea that I start to dive a little bit deeper into or maybe something that I was too uh, high on at that stage of the week and make me look into it and maybe I see that I might have been slightly over over uh, overemphasizing what I thought of a certain matchup so lots of things you can take away from it on a weekly basis that of course as i mentioned there's on the daily it is the nfl dfs podcast here on rotoviz radio so that's going to do it for today's edition of the rotoviz highlight reel brought to you by draft my name is colin kelly you can find me on twitter at over to my guest today was rotoviz.com writer and of course podcast aficionado here on rotoviz radio heath kruger you can follow him on twitter at heath k have a good one Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Highlight Ring. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotovis And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three. And from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it
0: just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to GEICO and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, Pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and
1: Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports
0: documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out